Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 106. So this week I'm back with a new episode inspired by my recent trip to London. So today I'm exploring what we can learn from immersive art experiences. But before that, Now that The Art Engager has over 100 episodes, this podcast is a great resource, but it's also quite an undertaking. It does take hours of work every week to ensure that new episodes are designed, edited and released. So if you want to support this show and keep it going from strength to strength, please do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire Bound. I'll put a link in the show notes. And you can also help this podcast reach more people by leaving a review, sharing with your friends, or by sharing, liking, and commenting on my social media feeds. Thank you for all your support since we started. So let's get on with today's show. Now, chances are you've probably heard of or even have been to an immersive art experience in the last few years. They seem to be everywhere. And according to the New Yorker magazine, these types of experiences are technology-driven immersive installations, normally operated by artist studios, collectives and production companies. The projects range from quite sophisticated new media installations to animated retrospectives of Impressionist painters. They incorporate technology, sound, lighting and interactive installations. They stimulate multiple senses and they create a sense of actually being immersed in the artwork or in the space. Now, the most well-known of these are the various Van Gogh immersive experiences, the earliest of which, I found out, actually dates back to 2008. And these type of uh, immersive Van Gogh experiences have proliferated around the world. But there are many more unique experiences taking place worldwide that offer viewers the opportunity to engage with art in innovative and immersive ways. But they are not without criticism. Some people feel that these experiences prioritise money over artistic integrity. Some people feel that they're exploiting an artist's name for profit. Some critics feel that these experiences lead to a more superficial engagement with art, one that perhaps prioritises photos or novelty over deeper engagement. And sometimes in these experiences, there can be a loss of context because without educational elements, we may miss out on the historical, cultural and artistic significance of the artworks. And I think the big point is that immersive art experiences can never fully replicate the experience of being up close to an original artwork. 
Now, enthusiasts, on the other hand, they might argue that immersive art experiences do not aim to replace the experience of being in a museum, but instead offer an alternative and complementary approach to engaging with art. And they believe that these experiences have their own merits. You know, they foster accessibility, enhanced engagement, they have lots of different interpretive opportunities, and they create emotional residence, all of which can be equally valuable and transformative for people. So I feel as museum educators, we can learn from immersive art experiences. Now, museums worldwide have observed over the last decade or maybe longer a decline in visitor numbers. So lots of things have changed, changing demographics, shifting leisure preferences, and there's increased competition for people's time. Museums are therefore always looking for new strategies to re-energise and attract audiences. And I think in the next five to ten years, more museums will embrace immersive experiences as a way to engage audiences. And perhaps we'll see more collaborations with artists, studios, collectives and these production companies to bring immersive experiences into museums to a wider audience. So in June, I visited David Hockney's Bigger and Closer at the Lightroom. This art experience uses large-scale projection to delve into Hockney's artistic journey over the last 60 years. It aims to provide a personal perspective, allowing viewers to see the world through Hockney's eyes and helps you to gain a deeper understanding of his artistic vision. It's different because it's narrated by Hockney himself. It invites us throughout to look closely at his artworks, to see and experience how they were created or what inspired them. And I think as such, we notice the intricacies, the colours and the details more. It's also a joyful, positive experience. It's playful and uplifting. And it's definitely challenged my assumptions about immersive art experiences and got me thinking, what can we learn from immersive art experiences? So I think immersion experiences with art can offer us valuable lessons. For us as museum educators, designing our own programs with groups in the museum. So I'm going to take you through some key aspects that museum educators can learn from immersion experiences. So let's talk first about active engagement. So immersive art experiences frequently go beyond passive observation and encourage active participation from their viewers. And active engagement itself is all about encouraging individuals to interact, to respond and to contribute actively to the experience. I think in immersive art experiences, there's lots of different types of active engagement. It may include physical elements that viewers can interact with. So there might be installations or sculptures that visitors can touch or move or manipulate. So as museum educators, how can we bring in hands-on elements that allow participants 
to interact directly with art materials or replicas? How could we use supplementary materials and visual aids perhaps to allow more active engagement? Immersive art experiences as well often stimulate multiple senses. You listen to soundscapes, you might experience different textures or even smell specific scents associated with the artwork. And by engaging these different senses, individuals really do immerse themselves in the artwork and they experience a much more holistic engagement. So think about how you might be able to use more of the senses to encourage participants to engage with an artwork. Could you use sound, perhaps, to create more engagement or provide tactile materials to allow participants to explore different textures? How can you draw attention to the sensory aspects of artworks or objects in your programs? Maybe encouraging participants to listen, touch or observe closely. And think about what prompts or questions you can provide that stimulate sensory perception. The next thing I'd like to touch on is movement and navigation because some immersive art experiences really incorporate a lot of spatial design and they uh, encourage viewers to move through the exhibition space. So you might navigate different rooms or pathways, experiencing the artwork from different angles or perspectives. And this active movement and navigation allows individuals to shape their own journey and the way they engage with the art. I think also immersive art experiences really pay attention to the design of the environment to create this specific atmosphere or ambience for the whole experience. So for us as museum educators, maybe we can consider more the physical environment, the space of our programmes and explore ways that we might be able to create a more immersive and conducive space for learning, perhaps. So thinking about the careful selection of artworks here or the arrangement of seating or lighting and even incorporating perhaps some multimedia elements to enhance the atmosphere. And what about movement? How can you incorporate movement into your program. So instead of simply standing in front of artworks, perhaps participants can be encouraged to walk around, explore different viewpoints and experience artworks or objects from different angles. If you see my guide, how to look at art slowly, there's lots of ideas there in that for movement. And we can also learn from the way viewers navigate the space in immersive art experiences. When I was at the Hockney experience, there were people there that were sitting down on benches or even on the floor, the people who were leaning, standing, and there were children running around and playing. Very different behaviour to what we might see in a museum or what people might expect to behave like in a museum. So think about opportunities you can create for participants to sit or provide flexible seating options within learning spaces. And this might help to accommodate different preferences and needs. And 
All of these things helps to create an inviting atmosphere, enabling participants to engage with the content in a way that suits them best. Think also about offering choice and agency to participants about what they see. So perhaps you might want to allow participants to go and explore artworks in pairs and then report back to you at a designated spot and a designated time. Give them a question to puzzle over or something to find. This gives participants more freedom. It allows them to relax. And from my experience being in the immersive art experience, I could see they weren't worrying about keeping quiet or behaving in a museum-y type way. They were just being themselves. And I think we can take a lot from that too. We can also embrace and emphasize the power of scale. Now, bigger and closer, the Hockney immersive experience is known for its large-scale digital artworks. They're phenomenally huge and they immerse the viewers in a really visually expansive environment. But how could you use scale to capture participants' attention, to create awe and stimulate curiosity? What large-scale pieces or spaces could you use? And there's a, an episode for this as well, episode 32, six ways to create awe-inspiring experiences with art and objects. So do go and listen to that to get some more ideas around scale and creating awe. Now on the Lightroom website, there's a quote from David Hockney that I particularly like. He says, the world is very, very beautiful if you look at it, but most people don't look very much. They scan the ground in front of them so they can walk. They don't really look at things incredibly well with an intensity. I do. And I think the immersive art experience that I went to really allows you to look closely at Hockney's work. The large scale of the projections brings attention to all the intricate details, brushwork and colour choices that may not be as noticeable when you're viewing the artworks in traditional sizes. Also, by showing a comprehensive journey through Hockney's artistic career, this experience really allows us to observe the changes, the developments and the recurring themes in his work. Essentially, what it's doing is encouraging us to look closely and appreciate the technical, detailed aspects of Hockney's work. So how can we encourage our participants to develop their observation skills? How can we encourage slow looking? So as we talk about often on this podcast, spend time with artworks and objects. Look closely and slowly together. Help participants to notice the details and the beauty that might otherwise go unnoticed. We can also use technology to enhance details. You might want to take an iPad or a close-up printout of a high-resolution image. These help to show things that we can't see with the naked eye, those small details. Draw attention to colour, details and any intricacies within artworks. 
guide participants to notice specific elements, textures, brush strokes or composition choices to really cultivate this skill of observing more closely. And finally, create a joyful and playful atmosphere. Immersive art experiences are fun. So let's create positive and welcoming environments and approach artworks or objects with a sense of curiosity, exploration and joy. This mindset encourages participants to look more closely, to engage actively and derive greater enjoyment from the experience. Now, I covered play in episode 88, how to lead playful museum programs. So go and listen to that episode for some ideas to incorporate a more playful attitude. So I hope that's helpful. In today's episode, we've explored what we might learn from immersive art experiences. Let us end with a question. Ask yourself this. How can you apply some of these ideas into your museum and gallery programs? And what strategies will you implement to create a more immersive experience for your participants? I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas. I'm sure there's some other things that we can learn that I haven't included here. So do share your thoughts with me on social media. Thanks for listening today. Go to the show notes to find links for all the resources and other episodes that I mentioned. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.